Clean. Everyone's favorite five-letter word, right? When was the last time someone told you to clean your room or pick up your mess? Now that you're on your own, you might question the importance of cleaning. This week, we will focus on the why behind cleaning and some tips to help keep you on track. Tackle your adulting to-do list with the Grown Up You Facts for Success podcast. Keep listening as we celebrate Season 3 with podcasts to help steer you in the right direction by providing useful information for living an independent and satisfying life as a young adult. Hello, I'm Tristan Bolton, Crawford County Extension Family Consumer Sciences Agent with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Today, we are talking about the basics of cleaning. I'm joined by Casey Ford, the Franklin County Extension Family and Consumer Sciences Agent. First, let's start, Casey, with where did you learn to clean? Well, I guess I learned from my parents. You know, they expected me to help out with dishes and to help keep the common areas of the house clean, so like the living room, things like that. But I also lived with my aunt and uncle when I was in my late teens, and I learned more about different standards of cleaning and different ways to clean things, and how my aunt and uncle did things was different for my parents. I agree. For most people, you know, we learn to clean from the environment that we're raised in, and that might mean a few different things for you. One, you were raised in an environment that required you to clean, really, even if you didn't like it. Two, you were raised in an environment that didn't place an emphasis on cleaning. Or three, you kind of fall somewhere in the middle. But we all have learned from the environment that we grew up in. So there may be some adjustments that need to be made to the idea of cleaning as we live on our own. Casey, why do you think that we clean? Like, what's the actual purpose behind cleaning? You know, I think people clean for a few reasons. You know, being comfortable, feeling good about your space, and even health reasons. You know, I know for me, if a space is dirty, you know, I just, I don't think as clearly sometimes. I don't feel good. Yeah, for sure. There's a basic standard of cleaning that we should follow for health and safety reasons. You know, for instance, if anyone has ever been sick in your house and you have multiple people that live there and then everyone else gets the same illness, that situation may have been prevented with proper cleaning. I think of like the stomach bug or the flu or colds because we know that bacteria and germs are everywhere. So cleaning reduces our risk of exposure to those things. It also reduces dust mites, which can affect our allergies. And cleaning helps to prevent pests such as mice, roaches, ants, and other unwanted guests that we don't want, you know, in our living spaces. Uh, I would say that one thing that I struggle with is clutter, Uh, especially since being on my own, having my own mailbox and all of that. I receive a ton of mail and other things, you know, that really should just be recycled or uh, tossed out. And clutter can be a hazard when it though, when it comes to our living space, we want to make sure that we reduce the clutter in our rooms. I really think too, you know, when we're talking about living in a dorm situation, you want to be able to make sure that you can reach all the exits in case there's an emergency. Yes, I think, um, you know, you talk about mail and I think that I struggle a lot with putting things in an I will get to you pile and it just stacks up. So with mail, I try to make a decision about each piece of mail as I bring it into my house, you know, whether that be save it, you know, throw it away, whatever 
it means. So other things, you know, I try to find storage solutions for. So for now, you know, we're recording this in August and I have my summer wardrobe out, but my winter wardrobe is stored in the garage. So it's not cluttering up my closet. I'm not tripping over it. And I'm also a very sentimental person and it kind of annoys my husband, but I like to keep, uh, you know, little cards and little mementos, but if I'm not careful, they do clutter up a space. So I'm always carving out storage spaces for these items. You know, truthfully, you know, some of the cards, you, know, you could also look into electronic storage, um, scan and store them electronically, and then you could limit what you keep hard copies of too. So that could be a solution for some people. Oh, that's a great thing. I've heard that with magazines and recipes, you know, taking a, a picture of it on your phone or making a, a photocopy of it so that you can then toss out, you know, the rest of the magazines. You mentioned, you know, living with someone and how that kind of maybe your habits don't always align with theirs. But let's talk about dividing up the responsibility of cleaning when you're living with other people. We know that there are basic things that need to be done. These things include like sweeping, vacuuming, doing the dishes taking out the trash, cleaning the bathroom, which also, you know, comes with some additional tasks and the upkeep of your personal bedroom or living space. Yes. Living with others can be a good thing and a difficult thing when it comes to cleaning. You know, like what we talked about earlier, everyone has a different standard of clean. You know, you and your roommate, you guys grew up in different houses. My husband and I, we grew up in different houses. And so we have different standards of clean. But by having an open conversation together, you know, you can set the expectations and the schedule of cleaning the schedule of cleaning. You don't have to clean the entire kitchen every day, but you should wash your dishes, wipe down the countertops, and empty the garbage when it's full. Right. It's so important to discuss who's cleaning what, when, and how. You know, an example might be make a chore chart or a list of what needs to be done and by whom, because especially in that shared living space, if there's not clear expectations, you can easily get frustrated by your roommate or whomever you're living with and kind of their standard of clean. But now that we've talked a little bit about what tasks need to be done and to keep our homes clean, let's talk about the different types of products that we use when it comes to cleaning. Yes. So I think sometimes people feel so much pressure to spend money on the cleaning gadgets and the fancy name brand cleaning cleaning chemicals. But you know, Tristan, you can do most of your cleaning tasks with just a few basic products. Your cleaning schedule, it does not need to break the bank. So, you know, you just need, you know, these some of these items, they could include, you know, a vacuum, mop, a mop bucket, some rags, some, you know, old, I like to use old washcloths. I don't go buy fancy cleaning rags, old bath towels, things like that. Some rubber gloves, because especially with sensitive skin, don't want that to get irritated. Soap, baking soda, and vinegar. Oh, for sure a couple of these items are staples in my home. You'll always find baking soda and vinegar. Both of these products are multi-purpose items, and they're really relatively inexpensive. And I like what you said about how cleaning doesn't have to break the bank. You don't have to buy all of these crazy things that we've talked about. I use vinegar to clean my sinks, my bathtub, my windows. There's a lot of uses for this cleaner and it's like we said really relatively inexpensive. Baking soda can be used to absorb smells in my refrigerator, freshen up those sink drains. You can even use it as a paste. Just add some water to it to help remove stains and stubborn spots maybe on your cooktop um, or things that are kind of stuck there that you're having a hard time with. 
Yes, uh, those are both great items to have in your cleaning supplies. But one thing to keep in mind is that you should always read the labels on all the cleaning products and use them accordingly. Yeah, that's a great reminder. It's important that we use items properly for our safety and our health, but it's also important that we have a designated secure place to store our cleaning products. Uh, A great example of that would be under the sink with the cabinet door securely locked, especially if you have little kids or children that visit you, you know, you want to make sure that those chemicals are out of their reach and they're not accessible to them. Yes. Some of the items we talked about earlier, you know, we talked about how cleaning doesn't have to be costly. And so some of those items I mentioned earlier, a lot of those are purchased every few years or months. You know, you get a broom and a dustpan that could last you quite a bit of time. So it's not an ongoing expense. Vacuums, I will use my vacuum and until it dies, you know, but the rags and cleaners, they might need to be purchased more frequently. The vinegar, the baking soda, you obviously need to purchase that when you run out, but still inexpensive. So I think it's easily done on a shoestring budget. Sure. And products like vinegar and baking soda are those multi-use products. Also, I would say, you know, when we're talking about your budget, make sure you read the labels. Sometimes things are marketed as cleaning products specifically. So just look at those labels and make sure that you know what you're getting. And of course, you can purchase those commercially produced cleaners, but you can also make your own. Making your own green cleaners is a good for you and the environment because you're reducing the number of chemicals that you're using. Here's a couple of reasons you might want to make your own green cleaners. One being most of the ingredients needed you're going to probably already have on hand or like we said you're going to save money because they're inexpensive. And then generally green cleaners work as well as those with those harsher chemicals. And lastly green cleaning helps to keep dangerous toxins out of our house and our environment. So if you have a lot of allergies or sensitivity it can help with that as well. Yes, those are all great reasons, Tristan. I think it's great for people to know that cleaning supplies, they don't have to break the budget. You know, I've said it multiple times, but just the basics, they can really do the job. Um, And don't you have several recipes for those green cleaners you're talking about? For sure. The University of Tennessee Extension Service has a great resource that I'm going to share with everyone in the resource section of the podcast website. And it talks about each product, um, what you need to make them, and then what their uses are. And like we said, a lot of them are multi-purpose. So it's you're getting more bang for your buck there. Well, Casey, let's recap some of the things that we've talked about today. The first one being that everyone has a different standard of cleaning, but there are certain things that we all need to do to have a healthy home. And with that, when you live with others, discuss the importance of cleaning and create a schedule of who's responsible for what cleaning task. Like we've said, being upfront, having clear expectations really kind of sets you up for success. And then having just a few basic cleaning supplies to get you started. You don't have to go by the whole cleaning aisle and you can save money and impact your health for, you know, positive things by creating your own green cleaners. Yes. I really think that with cleaning, it's the same as everything else. You have to do what works for you. And for me, I have a schedule and I set cleaning timers. You know, I like a good routine. I like a good schedule. I like setting a timer 
and being like, this is, this is what I'm going to focus on for this amount of time. And so that works for me. hundred percent cleaning is important to our health and safety, even if we don't always love to clean. And I like that you mentioned the timer. One thing that my mom taught me and that I continue to do as an adult on my own is to set that timer. No one wants to actually clean, but sometimes I just set a 10 minute timer and I'm like, for 10 minutes, I can do this. I can get anything done. So great conversation today, Casey. For more information, you can refer to our research-based resources on our website, through our podcast and other locations. But thank you all for joining us today. I'm Tristan Bolton, and this is Casey Ford with me. We're family consumer science agents with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture, and we thank you for your time today. For more information about this or any Grown Up You podcast, or to learn more about Grown Up You educational opportunities, visit our website at uaex.uada.edu slash grownup. Be sure and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at UADA Grown Up You Podcast. The Grown Up You Podcast series is brought to you through the University of Arkansas Systems Division of Agriculture Cooperative Extension Service an equal opportunity affirmative action institution. Contact your local county extension office for programs available in your area.